It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour on American Outlaw Talk Radio Network on iHeartRadio. Voices of freedom and the outlaw truth is discussed with military and intelligence experts. American Outlaw Talk Radio plays on iHeartRadio Network. You can also listen on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in class apps available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where we stream 24-7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on these same apps. My guest today is, again, uh, a returning guest, James Rogroski, a friend of the show. James is a researcher, author, and actual health proponent, and an activist who believes that the old systems are rightfully crumbling. So we must build the replacements quickly. In March of 2022, James uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose the WHO hidden agenda behind the proposed pandemic treaties, as well as the WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations. James' vision for the future can be summarized by the phrase, out of the WHO and in with the new. As uh, the host of the National Security Hour, uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Sorg Singer, U.S. Army retired, um, and the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement, I've had the pleasure of having discussions with James before, even my uh, on my own podcast, The New Paradigms of Sorg Singer, and I'm glad we've had an opportunity to bring him back again to the National Security Hour. James, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. And, you know, it's very timely because what we're going to be talking about is exactly what you just mentioned. Um, I've been trying to raise awareness of uh, this issue since early 2022, and it's been astonishing. You know, a lot of awareness has been raised and a lot of people are, you know, talking about the WHO and these proposed amendments. But because there are multiple tracks and multiple documents and so forth, the information has gotten very confused and convoluted. And, you know, the clarity that I hope people can get out of um, our meeting today will help people understand that this isn't really just about the details. The details do certainly matter. It's about the process and the procedure and how it is that we got to where we are today. And so um, let me just dive right in and you know, feel free to you know, ask me whatever you would like to ask. But I'll, I'll explain the situation as it is right now, and then we'll go back and maybe talk a little bit more about the history of it. And so um, December 1st is an upcoming deadline that applies to not you and not me and not our members of Congress or Parliament or the Senate or any such thing. It really applies to the heads of state of 196 states' parties. Now, I chose those words very carefully. Um, a head of state in any given country could be a president, 
prime minister, king, queen, and even the pope, because this actually does apply to the Vatican. And so in the World Health Organization, there are 194 member nations, but there are two additional states parties, that would be Liechtenstein and the Vatican, that are parties to the international health regulations, even though they are not members of the World Health Organization. So the international health regulations were amended on May 27th, 2022, which is approximately 17 months and three weeks in the past. And there's an 18-month period, so we have about a week left, where each of the heads of state, again, presidents, prime ministers, um, premiers, king, queen, the pope, if they want to reject the changes that the World Health Assembly adopted on May 27th, 2022, all they have to do is write a letter to the WHO and say, well, thank you very much, but we would rather maintain the status quo and not adopt the changes or not accept the changes. We reject the changes that the delegates to the World Health Assembly adopted on May 27, 2022. It's just a letter. The heads of state from every nation that's involved, 196 nations, could just write a letter to the WHO and say, no, thank you. You know, kind of like if you buy an article of clothing in a store or a tool at the hardware store or something like that, you get a 30-day return policy. Well, this is an 18-month rejection policy. And, you know, try as I have over the last 18 months, um, as far as I know, only um, one member of parliament, Andrew Bridgen, in the entire world, you know, not a single member of Congress, not a single member of the Senate, no one in any legislative body anywhere on the planet has even spoken out against these changes. So I, I can hear people asking in their head, what are the changes, Jim? What, you know, what kind of horrible thing is happening? Well, people have gotten many other documents mixed up with what was adopted last year. And so there's a very small number of changes. This is not the end of the world. Armageddon is not going to fall, you know, fall down upon us on December 1st. It's more about the process by which this occurred that is important. Now, the changes would shorten the time period. It would cut it in half for any future amendments to go into effect. So this, in many ways, is a procedural change. It's not any of the things that people may have heard about with a pandemic treaty or additional amendments to the international health regulations. And I don't even want to mention those things because all of those details are in different documents. They're in a, a different track of negotiation. They're on a different timeline. What we're talking about with December 1st is modest in its scope and it would speed up the process of whatever amendments they might consider in the future. And, and the history about how this happened is actually really interesting. 
But here are the details. Okay, There are amendments that have been adopted to five articles of the International Health Regulations. The main change is to shorten the period of time during which all of the heads of state will have the ability to reject any future amendments. Currently, that time period is 18 months, and that's where we are right now. We're 17 months and three weeks into it, and December 1st will be 18 months from when they were adopted last year. They want to shorten that to 10 months. Well, if it had been 10 months, it would have already been gone, and the time to reject it would be over. They want to shorten that for the next round of amendments. Then, um, currently, the period of time during which nations would have to change their laws and actually enact implementing legislation, that period of time is currently 24 months. So they want to shorten that, cut it in half down to 12 months. So these changes... As you can tell, that's not the end of the world. That's not, you know, losing our rights and freedoms and all of the many different things. But it's the process by which these changes are occurring that is really important because it's backwards from the way most people think it should be. If you don't take action, these changes go into effect and your options in the future are shorter in time. If you do take action and reject the amendments, then the change does not happen. So everybody has their wires crossed. Everybody thinks, oh, well, if we're going to change something, they're going to have to ask us for our consent. No, 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 no. They make the changes in their meetings. They assume that you're fine with it, unless you proactively voice your objection. Well, in the next segment, we'll talk about how we got here because it's, it's a problem that the people and our representatives in Congress or Senate or Parliament or wherever it may be, we have not been allowed to have a public discussion about whether or not these changes are changes that we think should be accepted. Well, I have a question on what you just mentioned um, at the beginning, because we're talking about 196 parties rules and uh, none of them have actually written that one letter to say, hey, we want to stop because we don't agree with what you're trying to do uh, with the WHO. Um, For people who are against it, why don't we just draft one letter for them, put it in front of them and say, here's your signature block, sign it. Already been done. Already been done. All you got to do is go to rejecttheamendments.com. It's already been written. Send it off to them. I've sent it a month and a half ago. Um, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. Um, The question is, you know, uh, do our heads of state pay attention to we the people? Well, that's what I'm saying. I know you've done it. (laughs) I was uh, speaking more to the politicians who could have grabbed that, given it to the bosses. Because really, in the U.S. Congress, U.S. Congress can basically right now, uh, the current Congress uh, at the House is is at least under the uh, control of the Republicans. They can have that letter. Uh, The Speaker of the House can turn around and say, here, this is a letter we're going to send to the president. I expect him to sign it and send it off. 
and it's not that difficult. Why is it that they're not doing it? Is it because, as you said, they're not understanding the process or they're just not willing to put themselves in that political position, especially with elections coming up here in the uh, U.S. from our perspective? Well, you know, there's a, a million stories in the world and everyone has an excuse. And uh, whether the excuse is they didn't know or they disagree or they think it doesn't matter or it's not my job or we don't have the authority to do it, everyone finds an excuse. Excuses are easy. And the core of the problem, and you know, it's the kind of thing that when you have this conversation with somebody and the light bulb finally goes off, they go, oh, now I understand. Okay, but until you get that aha moment, you get a blank stare from people. They just don't understand. And it's really very simple. The, the, the system is structured to reward procrastination. They give you, you know, they don't say, we're making these changes, go back to your country and vote on it and come back with the positive result that you've convinced the people or the members of parliament or Congress or the Senate, you know, that, that they should accept these changes. No, that's what everybody thinks should be the case. That's what I believe should be the case. But we've gotten into the habit of allowing it to operate in the opposite fashion. A bunch of unelected bureaucrats go somewhere, they write a document, they agree to it. They post it up on their website somewhere and they are of the mindset that is adequate notification. And then if no one rejects it, that is taken as your consent. Silence is viewed as consent. Now, it's not my silence or your silence or our parliamentarians or legislators' silence. It's the silence of the head of state. Well, um, Joe Biden's the one who pushed this. As I'll tell you in the next section, we'll get into detail about the history of this. He didn't want to shorten it to 12 months to be into effect or 10 months for the period of rejection. He wanted to shorten both of those down to six months. And the reason why is if you get out your calendar and you go fast forward to May of 2024, when they have their meeting to consider the next round of amendments, large package of changes, six months from that time would be in December of 2024, he most likely will still be in the Oval Office in the White House, he'll be president. They were trying to shorten it to such a tight window that he would have complete control over ramming through whatever it is they might be presenting next time. So we dodged that bullet a little bit in 2022 because he didn't get the six months shortening, you know, down to six months that he wanted, but it did get shortened down to 10 months to reject and 12 months to implement, which would make it available for whoever the next president may be to reject whatever might be adopted. So we dodged a little bit of a bullet in 2022, but it still needs people to be aware that nobody asked us for our opinion. Nobody voted on it. Nobody had any say. There was no public comment. There was no discussion in uh, parliament or Senate or anywhere. 
And it's that procedural flaw that is not an attack on our sovereignty, because our sovereign, our head of state, can still say no. What it did was it destroyed the democratic representation that we are supposed to have in this regard. We're under a dictatorship. They decide who goes to the meetings. They decide what's agreed upon. They decide whether or not they wish to reject it. And we're cut out of the picture. No, I, look, uh, it, it makes sense. Even if the next uh, uh, person comes into the White House, if it's not uh, Joe Biden or is going to be possibly a Democratic uh, presidential candidate, if he doesn't run, um, that person now will be held, you know, um, against the entire world. If that's the only person who rejects uh, what has been accepted, possibly by other uh, 195 uh, member states. So uh, it is a political move. Unfortunately, it is not set up to help us out. We are going to take a break and come back in our second segment. I'm going to make sure that all viewers uh, understand that uh, this is very important to be shared. So when you get a chance, please share this interview with as many friends as you can. We'll come back again with a second segment of James Rogowski. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back again to the National Security Hour. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sargis Singer, U.S. Army Retired, CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement and founder of United Assumed Appeal. Uh, my host, uh, or my guest, I should say, today again is uh, James Rogowski. Um In uh, March of uh, 2022, James was able to uncover documents regarding the proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. Uh, James has been since then following really what the uh, Biden administration has been doing, trying to change possible timelines 
for the uh, rejection of the amendments uh, in order to be able to implement those depending on what the WHO decides. Um, I want our viewers to know that uh, as you listen to this podcast, all my shows go to the podcast typically uh, one or two days after the broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can also hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcasts, and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. Uh, also, be sure to make uh, American AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. James, I get a question on this one, because uh, if you think about it, this would be the best thing that the uh, Republicans can do in an election year where they can basically take that letter they had drafted that they could have had Biden's name on it. And even if you don't think that he's going to sign, it, he's going to get rejected, won't get past Senate. You could propose it at any, you know, uh, any any Republican uh, representative can propose it and just have him vote on it and send it directly to the president uh, through the Senate and at least let everybody be on the record for rejecting it, uh, you know, and then uh, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But at least it would make the news. It would make, um, you know, the uh, press have to cover it. Um, why have they not used it even for a political gain? Um, is it just that they're not aware at all, or as you said, they kind of procrastinate and wait until something comes up uh, because they really don't want to put themselves out there where they may take the brunt of anything political as they're worrying about their own campaigns. Um, you know, one of the things I don't do, Sargas, is I don't try to get into people's heads to try to identify how much they do or they do not know. But um, certainly I know that many, many people who read my uh, Substack articles have sent letter after letter after letter to their offices, whether the communication breakdown is between their staff and, you know, the actual congressperson, because normally, you know, congresspeople are not opening up their emails and taking their phone messages and all that sort of thing. Uh, to that same regard, um, all of the presidential candidates have been absolutely silent on this issue. Every single one of them, every member of the Senate has been absolutely silent. Every member of the Congress has been absolutely silent. Every member of the press and, quite frankly, the vast majority of the alternative media have been absolutely silent on this. Um, I think it's a um, combination of many, many things. But let me actually try to explain again why this is really important. And what it comes down to is when people have a preconceived idea about something, when information comes in that doesn't fit with their preconceived belief structure, they just go, oh, that can't be right. And so they don't ever actually allow it in to contemplate that you know this is actually the case. And so let me have a little bit of fun with you, okay? Um, do you remember where you were and have you heard the story that I'm about to tell? Way back in July of 1969, um, there's a story that three Americans put on um, spacesuits, got into a Saturn V rocket 
took a trip to the moon, walked around a little bit, and came back and splashed down in the Pacific Ocean. Have you heard that story? Are you familiar with that story? Do you remember? Um, I don't know how old you were. Um, do you yeah, remember? I, I heard that story. I was just born a month prior to that story. So I was born before uh, they supposedly landed on the moon. That's that's interesting. My um, my younger sister was born June 16th, 1969, about a month prior to that. Um, so I remember watching it on television. At that same moment in time, were, were you aware that in Boston, Massachusetts, they were having the 22nd World Health Assembly? And that is where and when they adopted the original international health regulations. And so, hey, everybody, you know, I know it's, it's audio, but, you know, raise your hand if you have read the 1969 International Health Regulations. You've got a little bit of an excuse. You were a baby, okay? I was nine years old. You know, I spoke to someone earlier today. They're only 40 years old. You know, this has been in place for 54 years. Has anybody read the document? Do you think any of your um, members of parliament or Congress or Senate or, you know, political servant, public servants, do you think they've read the document? The answer is, of course not. Why the heck would they? No, they haven't read the document because I know that uh, for me, I had to uh, look at it uh, to an extent because of, you know, I know I'm interviewing you. I have to have some background knowledge, but I didn't, you know, if you ask me to quote you lines off of it right now, I probably wouldn't be able to give you that information. Well, so uh, I know uh, that my politician probably hasn't looked at it at all. I'll, I'll make it even harder. The pertinent part of what that document is about is what's not in the documents. So you have to get to the point where you read it and you understand it well enough to realize what's missing. And so what's missing from that document, and you have to realize that Richard Nixon was the president at the time. Henry Kissinger was one of his advisors. They put this document together and what it does not say in the document is it does not say, all right, well, we met in Boston. All of us unelected delegates agreed to this. Go home to your nation and get it proactively authorized, approved, and ratified by whatever means are appropriate in your nation. It didn't say, hey, in the United States, go put this before the Senate get their two-thirds advice and consent, and then come back and let us know that you've formally ratified it. That's not in this document. What's in this document is, we'll give you a period of time, your president or prime premier or head of state can reject it, but if they don't do so, we're assuming that you're good with it, so it'll just go into legally binding effect and be considered an international treaty that's legally binding upon every nation. So nobody said anything. And on the first day of January, 1971, it went into legally binding effect. Now, what they also did not put in there was that same idea with proposed amendments. They didn't say, well, if the World Health Assembly gets together in the future, and we decide to make some changes to this document, then those changes should be treated as if they are also a new treaty 
and you go back to the Senate and get your two-thirds advice and consent and come back with that information. And then we'll consider that these are now legally binding upon you because you've gotten them ratified. That's what most people feel in their heart should have happened. And I absolutely agree. But I'm a realist and I'm looking in the records going, well, that isn't what happened. They just let it slide right in. And then in 2005, they made massive changes and nobody proactively took it to the Senate and got their advice and consent. They didn't even need a signature from George W. Bush. It just became law because nobody rejected it. Now, right now, we're in the middle of that same concept where on May 27th, 2022, all of the unelected, unaccountable, unknown delegates met for the 75th World Health Assembly. They agreed to change the international health regulations. And there's an 18-month period that's ending on December 1st where every head of state around the world can express their sovereign authority invoke Article 61 of the International Health Regulations, which is about rejecting amendments, and just write a letter to the WHO, and you can get a copy of a letter that they could copy and sign and send. That's on rejecttheamendments.com. And all they would have to do is send it to the WHO and say, well, no, thank you. We don't want to shorten the period of time that we will have to consider the next round of amendments, um, but the vast majority of them, I'm going to guess, are blissfully unaware. They're distracted by everything else under the sun, and the longer they procrastinate, you know, it's like a football game or a basketball game. It's getting towards the end of the time. If you just hold on to the ball and sit there and, and run out the clock, they're just trying to run out the clock. They just, if they do nothing until December 1st, these changes go into effect. If they do take action and they do reject these amendments, I think that they are risking their lives. There have been presidents who have disappeared from the planet over the last four years because they objected to the dictates of the WHO and they weren't going along with the program and they're no longer alive. And so I wonder if there's even a single head of state anywhere in any country on the planet who has the courage to push back against the WHO and the powers that be behind them to simply do a little clerical rejection. No, 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 no. We want to have 18 months to reject amendments and 24 months to put things into effect rather than shorten that period of time down to 10 and 12. That is the smallest amount of pushback and courage that I could imagine you would ask, you know, a head of state to exhibit. And I wonder if there is a single head of state in the world who has even that much courage to push back against the WHO. We shall see come December 2nd, if anyone has done so, 
I, I think that there may be a number of nations who do have heads of state who are courageous enough to push back against the WHO. And we get to watch this slow motion train wreck. We, the people um, and our members of parliament and Congress and Senate were cut out of the picture in 1969. What they created was a global governance structure that set up a leadership council overseeing the international health regulations. The delegates who are appointed go and have these negotiations, and behind them are the heads of state who appointed them. So if you could envision an enormous round table where there's 196 delegates and behind them 196 heads of state, and then put a dome over that and a wall around it and, and barbed wire, we're not allowed to be involved. We, the people, and our nations, we didn't lose our sovereignty in 1969 because our head of state can still reject them on behalf of our nation. What was taken away from us was our representative democratic input into that process. That agreement in 1969 took us out of the picture, and we need to demand that the IHR be rejected from 1969 because what it did is it took away the will of the people and it also took away the input from our representatives in whatever legislatures various nations may have. Well, that's because you're too busy watching uh, three guys lying on the moon. So, you know, you give them a good show. Everybody is like, yeah, I take the show or uh, paperwork and having to read through documents. But uh, it's funny you mentioned in 2005, um, really, that's also when I wrote my uh, article for Japan Forward on uh, the origins of COVID. I talked about how they started talking about uh, the COVID, actually briefing it in, uh, in uh, China mm -hmm. um, on large screens, uh, you know, to large audiences as to what they were experimenting with. So it kind of makes sense uh, that uh, they've... Uh, uh, been kind of going down this path regardless. And, you know, look, it surprises me because you say, you know, people ahead of state haven't rejected it. Pope hasn't rejected it. You figure that at least the Pope would have, Pope would have individuals who would say, you might want to read this. And, uh, you know, uh, you might want to reject it. He hasn't done it. Uh, you know, uh, Israel's in the news. Uh, I was shocked when uh, pretty much every Israeli uh, got the COVID shot. You know, whatever is your belief about it, uh, background, um, we know it has different effects on different ages uh, and kids out there. Uh, I've caught COVID twice. And both times my friends have given it to me uh, and uh, I've recovered from it. Uh, and, uh, you know, using Dr. Zelenko's protocol has been uh, helpful. Uh, but uh, it's just it's unfortunate, but it's a reality of uh, where we are and hopefully by December 1st, we can get uh, maybe at least one or two politicians to get that letter and try to push it through the process and see if, uh, you know, they could hold at least uh, President Biden on the books uh, to make sure that he's on the record rejecting wanting to sign it. Uh, but uh, it boggles my mind how, again, that politicians just understand the simplest things that they could do to move uh, the pendulum for, uh, to the other side. 
Uh, with that said, I want to make sure our audience know again that uh, please uh, be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, our articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. You can also find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at the AmericaOutloud.com under our show and schedule. You will be in the know. Uh, James, uh, we'll have you back for our final segment. <clears throat> I do want you, as we come back, please kind of give us the uh, uh, the victories that may have been achieved, even though they were small in the process since uh, the uh, March of 2022, when you discovered what was happening. Um, let's talk about those and then uh, way forward. Uh, we'll come back on the National Security Hour. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sargasson Gary, U.S. Army retired. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to National Security Hour. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Sorgasinger, U.S. Army Retired and the CEO of the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. Uh, this is the last segment of our discussion with James Rogowski, uh, whose vision for the future can be summarized by the one phrase, out of the WHO and in with the new. James, before we uh, finish our last segment, I wanted to at least talk about some of the positives that you've been able to experience since you started down this path in March of 2022. And then where we could maybe push it for possible future victories. Um, and hopefully, if there's a change in administration, at least the possibility of a future leadership rejecting the uh, uh, timeline changes to the uh, amendments or even possibly the entire rejection of what was agreed upon uh, with the 22nd uh, assembly of the WHO uh, when it came to the uh, uh, regulations that uh, were basically adopted in 1971? Well, I think there have been many um, positives. Um, number one is just overall awareness. Uh, the um, 
World Health Assembly uh, generally gets to meet and nobody pays any attention. And, and so with all of the meetings that they've had over these past couple of years, negotiating all these various documents, anytime I see any article anywhere about any of this information, you know, I take that as a small, um, I, don't, I don't want to call it a victory. I'll, I'll say it's a step in the right direction that we're shining light on what they're trying to do that they would definitely prefer to do in secret. Um, if you've ever gone into like a commercial kitchen and you turn the lights on and you see the cockroaches, you know, scrambling because you shine some light on them and they prefer the darkness. Um, these folks like to operate in darkness and secrecy and confidentiality. And most of the meetings that they have been having have been done in secret, but you know, some of it has been in public. And so every time I hear anybody talking about this, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, if you go all the way back to May of 2022, um, I won't take any credit for this because what I think really happened was when the Biden administration proposed their original set of amendments, which were completely and totally rejected, they didn't even get a hearing. They didn't. They weren't even spoken about, to my knowledge, at the 75th World Health Assembly. The African nations as a group and a large number of other nations said, wait a minute, okay, we don't want to have, there weren't just, you know, small changes, there were proposed amendments to 13 different articles. And so the nations were caught by surprise. And when they looked it over, they said, well, wait a minute, there's nothing in here for us. So they said, no. What has happened since then is in that assembly, I feel breaking the rules, the, the Biden administration tried to recover. They tried to save face. They got the United Kingdom and the European Union and a handful of other nations to, I believe, illegitimately submit a new package of amendments, which is what we've been talking about. Okay, So the original Biden amendments were kicked to the curb. And I feel that they broke the rules. Article 55 says if you're going to submit amendments to the World Health Assembly, you have to do so four months in advance. Well, they did that with their original submission. They just made it under the wire. But when they put forth this second set of amendments, it's a different set of amendments. And they broke the rules. And that was just ignored. And they were adopted. And so just the awareness that the WHO and the World Health Assembly and the Biden administration appear to be all too comfortable ignoring Article 55 of the International Health Regulations, which says, if you want to make a change, you got to give everybody notice four months in advance. They clearly did not do that. But, you know, up until this point, they got away with it. Well, you know, where do you bring the WHO to court? They have diplomatic immunity. How do you, you know, how do you get and, and what judicial branch of government has authority to step in to the WHO and the World Health Assembly and say, wait a minute, you're violating the WHO Constitution and the international health regulations. OK, so step number one 
is to shine a light on it and raise awareness of it. And, you know, our politicians are not going to do that for us. The media is clearly not going to do that for us. The vast majority of the alternative media has not done that for us. We all have to look in the mirror and say, we have to do for ourselves. We, the people, have to be the leaders of where we want to go. You, you mentioned my saying, out of the who and on with the new. What kind of a life do we want to have in the future? We have to lead the way. We have to design it. We have to decide what it is we want. And you know, whether you are a believer of um, you know, biblical creation, and man and women have been around since Adam and Eve and, you know, th several thousand years. Or if you believe maybe we go back hundreds of thousands or millions of years. Either way, up until after World War II, I think we were doing quite fine without the World Health Organization. And I think we'll be better off without them in the future. And so I've been an advocate of, you know, when... A relationship has become abusive. You wouldn't tell the abused member of any relationship, well, go negotiate for better terms. You would say you need to leave that relationship. And so I've been advocating here in the United States, we do have um, a piece of legislation, House Resolution or H.R. 79, which uh, is put forth by Representative Andy Biggs back in January. Up until this point, we've gotten 54 co-sponsors. Let me ask you a question on that. Have you had discussions with Andy Biggs to possibly take that one letter and then propose it or at least bring it to the floor? Uh, do you think the Speaker of the House of Representatives would be willing to do that right now? I, I have not been blessed to have a conversation with any of those folks. You know, we send letters to their staff. We send phone calls to their staff. Um, I've, I've had a chance to uh, have conversations like a Zoom meeting with um, two of the senators from Missouri. Um, and I should say they're staff members. Um, it, it's it's an interesting question that you know, the Republican members of Congress and the Senate just seem to be in la-la land about this. They've missed, you know, what really is a political issue. Um, all of the politicians who are running for president, to my knowledge, not a single one of them has said a thing. And, you know, they're silent. And their silent must be viewed as consent with this globalist agenda. So if you go to exitthewho.com, you can see the list of 54 members of Congress who have put their name on the line. And while they're not talking about these amendments, they just seem to be oblivious about it. They have said, look, you know, the answer is to leave, exit, or withdraw from the WHO. And so H.R. 79 takes me about 15 seconds to explain. It would instruct the president to tell the WHO we're leaving. We're obligated to give a one-year notice. It would stop giving the WHO money, and it would reject the legislation from 1948 that got us involved in the first place. It's a page and a half. We haven't been able to get one senator out of 100 to just copy that and submit it in the Senate. 
And so as this election season progresses, I encourage everyone to go to exitthewho.com, find the list of 54 members of Congress who have at least co-sponsored that, and look at everyone else running for office, whether it's for president or Senate or the House of Representatives, and say, you know, I don't see your name on the list that wants to exit the WHO. I guess that means that you must be a globalist. I think I'm going to have to see who's running against you because you're not on board with what we need to do in this country. Why haven't you sponsored HR 79? And why, if you're in the Senate, haven't you post, you know, um, put companion legislation in the Senate? And if you're running for president, when are you going to speak up about this? You know, a long time ago, uh, when my friend was going to be a, uh, um, of course, General has passed General Ordiano. He was going to be um, uh, working for him. I gave him a little mirror, and I wrote a couple of uh, lines on that mirror for him. So, and I said it was small enough so you could put it by his phone. And it was, uh, it said basically on an always smile when you're answering the phone. So he knew that every time he picked it up, he would have to be smiling because I knew being an aide to a general that uh, some of the stuff that you would end up uh, scunning you would receive was not the uh, positive scunning, as we say. And then I also said, don't ever wear your boss's uh, rank on your sleeves. Always remember you're not your boss. Um, unfortunately, a lot of these uh, individuals, instead of allowing the senator or the uh, congressman to make the decision, a lot of these staffers are frontline, you know, rejectionists, and a lot of them don't understand things. I mean, we've had I had a team, just so people know how bad the staffers are. I had a team that uh, uh, we actually we went to D.C. We paid out of pocket. Uh, we were scheduled for a meeting, and one of the meetings we had to have was uh, basically via Zoom because of some of the uh, restrictions they still had because of COVID and lockdowns that were taking place after January uh, 6th. And uh, um, after we start talking to this senior team lead um, as to what was being proposed, uh, the gentleman said that... Um, well, you know what? That's interesting. That's the first time we've actually had this discussion. So my um, my uh, friend uh, who had basically written most of the slide presentation asked the uh, team lead, said, um, um, get a question for you. Did you get a chance to read the slides? And uh, <laughs> he said, uh, well, of course. He said, well, what I just presented to you that is news information is slide number one. <laughs> so... <laughs> If you had read it, you'd have understood what we're talking about. They barely read anything. They, if it ain't gonna, if you're not somebody who's voting in their district, they're not interested. If you're not somebody who's gonna be uh, donating or has donated in the past, forget about it. And if you have donated in the past, uh, you have a limited time where you could call back and get anything done. Okay, uh, that's that's the issue you run into. So. I'm going to be surprised that most of these people have absolutely no clue what's going on. And you're going to have a bunch of teenagers who are basically think that they're the uh, elector representative and uh, just somebody who's working in that staff rejecting whether or not a meeting should place, take place with the uh, boss or not. Uh, so uh, is is unfortunate, but it's a reality. But maybe- well, the, the flip side, the flip side to that is I have had. And heard, you know, from myself and from many other people that um, the response from the staff members is, wow, 
um, we're getting a lot of calls about this, you know? And, and so you have to realize that, you know, one phone call isn't going to change the world. One office visit, you know, will have a bigger impact emails, you know, look at how much, um, time you spend with the millions of emails that you receive. Okay. And so what it, what it really comes down to is step number one, share this information with everyone, you know, regular people. Okay. And my, my guess is that one out of 200 of the people that, you know, are going to listen to this and be, you know, it's going to raise up something in them where they want to take action. And step number one is to raise everyone's awareness. Watch this slow motion train wreck as it unfolds over the next week and see what, if anything, is done in the media, the alternative media with politicians and around the world and reach out to your friends so that they can all watch how this unfolds, because this is the process that you have to understand is they're going to go through again next year. And the period of time is going to be shorter, but the procedure and the process is what really matters. The leader or the head of state of every nation has the authority to stand up to the WHO and reject these tiny little things in the grand scheme of things, right? You're shortening the time period. You know, these proposed amendments would shorten the time period to reject the next batch of amendments from 18 down to 10 months. And it would shorten the time period during which they would then have to be implemented from 24 down to 12 months. Isn't it astonishing that so far, not one single head of state in the entire world has had the guts to say, no, let's keep it the way it is. I'd rather have 18 months and 24 months to consider changing all of these many things that we don't even know what they're talking about. It's all been done in secret. They are complacent enough and compliant enough that they can't even write a simple little letter to the WHO and say, nope, for our nation, we prefer to have more time. If, if the heads of state around the world don't have the guts to write a letter to the WHO to reject changing a little bit of time you know, in the future, um, they all need to be voted out of office. They all need to be replaced. Now, in a couple of countries around the world, the people in power were not in power when these changes were made. A handful of governments around the world, most recently in Argentina, have changed. Now, in, in New Zealand, for sure, in, in other nations, the people who are currently in power, Malaysia is another one. The people who are in power right now were not in power when these amendments were adopted. So they have an easy way out. They can say, oh, we just found out about this. We weren't here. We weren't the ones who did that. We reject what the previous administration put forth. And so I, you know, I'm an optimist. We shall see what happens um, between now and December 1st and um, see if there is even one head of state in the world who has the guts to just write a letter and say, no, we don't want to limit our time 
for the next round of amendments. We want to have the full 18 months to consider and potentially reject them. So, you know, it's like a soap opera. You get to watch it um, happen in real time. And it is an example of the process that needs to be changed. This is how they shoved it in in 1969. This is how they shoved it in in 2005. And we need to change the way they operate. Well, James, thank you very much. We do need to change how they operate. And uh, for my viewers out there, please uh, um, do your best. Uh, you shared the uh, discussion today with uh, James Rogowski, uh, author, researcher, um, and uh, make sure that uh, you do your piece as far as contacting your local representatives. I want to thank uh, James for being on the show today. Um, God's blessing. Uh, always wonderful talking to you. James, and um, I want to make sure that our guests out there, again, are, are, or I should say our uh, listeners out there are also aware that uh, to may be sure to make com your daily stuff for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. You can also find out more about my show and get all the latest podcasts. If you go down to the uh, menu navigation bar, at americaoutlaw.com under our show or schedule you will be in the know uh thank you very much james for being here thanks for our audience for joining us on this mission the national security hour is the tip of the spear and the epic battle to defend the united states of america with liberty and justice for all <music>